Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. We're going to keep speaking today on building a belief system for success. How many people know, and it's probably not known by a lot of Christians, that God wants you to be successful? So it's, it's increasing. I'll ask that again because maybe you were distracted. How many people know that God wants you to be successful? That's good. Remember he said to Joshua that as you meditate on the word, he said that I'm going to cause you to be prosperous and that you'll have great success. So if you're confused about what God wants, let me assure you that God has an amazing, successful plan for your life. I've been reading right through the book of Ephesians this week. And Ephesians 1 says that God predestined us. He chose us. And he had a plan for us even before we were created. And his plans are great plans. If you're not successful, it's not because God's not trying. It's not because he hasn't planned your success. So he's for you. He wants you to be successful. He wants to prosper you today. That's the heart of a good father. You know, God is a good father. I know there's a lot of strange ideas about God, but... Imagine the best father you could ever have and times that by infinity and we're beginning to get an understanding of the heart of God towards us. He wants to bless you. So have you got Joshua 5, 7? So Joshua circumcised the sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they weren't circumcised on the way. So the children of Israel had died in the wilderness because they... They weren't prepared to follow God with hearts of faith. So they all died out and a new generation arose. And maybe we're that generation that are willing to trust God with all our hearts and believe that he has a great plan for our life. For he cannot do anything with a city if his people, God's people, don't believe that they can be blessed and used by him. So God looks for a generation that truly believes what he promises Like Jen read, the promises of God are yes and amen. So verse 10, the children of Israel camped at Gilgal and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. Passover was important because it was was remembering that God redeemed them from a slave mindset. And the moment you get born again, all things become new. The old has passed, the new has come. And Passover reminded the children of Israel that those generations of slavery were gone. And if you're here today and you're born again, all the old mindsets of your father, your mother, your grandfathers, even yours, they were buried at the cross. They were were destroyed and broken. You are a new creation. Now, the devil might come to you and and whisper in your ear that you haven't changed. He might even bring up some of those old mindsets, but you need to say to him, that's not me anymore because I'm in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. I see myself how God sees me and he's very pleased. Do you talk like that to yourself? Everyone should talk to themselves. Don't answer back, but you should talk to yourself. They had the Passover, verse 12, and then... Verse 11, they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread, parched grain on the very same day. And the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna. Isn't that exciting? They went from living from the manna to living 
from the fruits of the land. Remember I said in Exodus 16, 18, it said, Those who gathered the manna in the wilderness, he who gathered much had no excess, and he who gathered little had no lack. Do you want to live that way? No excess and no lack? You know what I call that? It's called barely getting by. It's called getting to the end of the week and hanging on by your fingernails. Praising the Lord. He's just come through in time and saved you out of destruction. Somehow he came through and you got your miracle and you had all your bills paid, all your needs met. That's not victorious living. Because God wants you to have such a supply that you become the miracle to other people. Not the recipient of the miracle. You become the miracle. Are you getting this? So I don't want to live that way, just not having too much and not having too little. Just, just enough. That's not God's plan. God's plan for you is abundance. In every area of your life. I have come, Jesus said, John 10.10, 10, that you would have life and just enough to get by. He says you'd have life and life abundant to the full. Pressed down, shaken together, running all over. That's the heart of God. He's an abundant, lavish, extreme God. And he wants to bless you. I know it plays with some people's minds because you can't believe it could be so good. But that's the gospel. It's the too good to be true news. It's the grace of God poured out, unlimited, lavished, Ephesians says. God lavished us with grace according to his wisdom. He knew that for us to function how we needed to function, we'd need a good dose of lavish grace. So it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there was a man who stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but as the commander of the army of the host of heaven, I have now come. I like that. So we talked about the fact that God's going to change our mindset to a mindset of blessing and abundance. But I see here also, and we're going to bring these two together today, that, that as we go into our promised land, as we go to fulfill our destiny, as we desire to reach our city, whatever the promised land looks like for you, you're going to need a new perception of who God is. Joshua knew God through the days of Moses. But God's saying to him, I've come in a whole new dimension. See, he knew the God of Moses, but he had little idea of the captain of the host of the Lord. And God was coming to him in a whole new way. And I'm going to join these two together because I have a conviction that when your belief system lines up with the word of God, it activates the host of heaven in your life. And let me say to you, what God's called you to do, you cannot do without supernatural intervention. You will need angelic help. Now, some people are going, he's talking about angels. Let me tell you, my friend, right through the Bible, the angels were assigned from heaven to enable God's people to do what they couldn't do. In fact, as you read through, through uh, the, the, the battle of Jericho and the promised land going forward, a lot of the fights and a lot of the skirmishes, a lot of the victories were supernatural victories where God fought and more were killed through the 
angel armies then through physical hands where God would destroy the wall of Jericho and no man had touched it. What was happening there? God was releasing the host of heaven. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. The way to truly prosper according to the kingdom is that you need to learn how to activate the host of heaven. Isaac sowed in the land of famine. Let me tell you, if there's famine, that means there's no water and the dirt is hard. And everybody was going south for winter, but Isaac was told by God, you stay here. I'm going to cause you to prosper when no one else prospers. And when they get back, you will have all the food to sell. I will set you up in one year to go from the bottom to the top. And how did he do that? I believe that he accessed the host of heaven. And something supernatural happened as he sowed in the land of famine and he reaped a hundredfold. I hope you get this today because you have two choices for success. You can strive, but the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no toil and sorrow. If you're a successful person and you're self-made, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is learning how to activate heaven in your world. And this is for finances, health, relationships. It's every sphere. So I want to teach you about that today. Is that all right? So we talked as a recap about the whole prosperity mindset. And the mindset is critical because your mindset determines whether you activate heaven or you activate all the work of the enemy in your life. And you can be born again. Jesus is in your heart. But the truth is you either activate heaven or you activate hell in your life by the things that you think. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside comes outside. Our belief system determines whether we prosper or whether we don't prosper. And so I did this equation for you last week, which I think is really helpful. Because a lot of people are trying to get ahead and be successful in whatever area it is in their life they haven't understood the principles of the kingdom. And you may remember that I, I talked to you about this whole mindset, the manner mindset. And so when it comes to giving, it's an easy one for us to, to figure out, but it works for every area of our life. You can be a great giver. You can be a, a 7 out of 10. You tithe, you give to the poor. You look for opportunities to be generous but the fact is, and so these are ranked out of 10. You're a 7 out of 10. But if you have a mindset that's 2, what's 2 times 7? Well done. 14. So you can see here, you could raise your giving level to 10, but you're always going to be under 20 if you have a mindset of 2. That's just the way the kingdom works. If your mindset's not right, you'll never step into abundant flow. Do you remember I talked to you from 2 Kings about the widow whose husband had served the prophet all his days, and yet when the, prophet, when the widow's uh, husband died, you remember that the widow had nothing left in her hands, and the creditors were coming to take her two sons as payment. Do you understand that? That you can be born again, faithful, serving God, but broke and have no evidence of success in your life. God loves you. God has blessed you. But there's something critically wrong. So I said to you that what happens, we can have like a bucket that represents our life. And when you get born again, the favor of God is for you. You don't have to think, does God love me? Does God favor me? 
God is no respecter of person. If he favours me and pours out his love and blessing, if you're born again, the same flow is on your life as is on mine. Are you hearing that? You've got to believe that. God's not making you jump through hoops. The moment you get born again, Holy Ghost lives within you. All the blessings that were on Abraham are yours by covenant right. You are favoured from God. Do you get that? So the flows are the same. But the problem is people look at each other and say, you've got more evidence of success than me. Therefore, I have a different flow. That's not true. Here's the problem. You've got holes in your bucket, dear Liza. And as much as the flow goes, what's the level of success? As high as the holes. Actually, it should be the other way around, shouldn't it? As high as the holes. And so God's pouring it in and your mindset is leaking it out. So the prophet comes to a lot, uh, sorry, the widow comes to the prophet and he says, what's in your house? She says, I've got oil in the house. So in other words, it's like us. We're born again. The favor of God's on my life. He's reminding her that, it's, that she has within her all she needs to prosper. She has oil inside. Her problem is she has no means of multiplying what God is giving her. Are you getting this? If you've got favor on you, if you've got God's favor in your life, you've got to figure out how to multiply that favor that's inside you and get it outside you. You'll go to heaven, but you'll be broke. You'll go to heaven, but you'll be sick. You'll go to heaven, but you'll have no friends. So what do we do? If we can get our mindset to a five, all of a sudden we're up to 35. We're starting to see a flow. The holes are coming up. And we think, oh, must, the favor of God's on me now. No, it was always on you. You're just starting to think different. It's your belief system that causes you to succeed or not. You can trade with your belief system. So the widow got more jars. Those jars are a picture of an enlarged belief system. And the Bible says that the oil ran out when the jars stopped. So it tells me that the flow of God in my life is as big as my belief system is. Are you getting this? So if she had have had... She went to, you know, to Bunnings and got, you know, a thousand jars. The oil would have kept running till a thousand jars ran out. She had 10, she'd get 10. You can trade off your belief system. And as big as it is, it determines the flow. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, what does it say? God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. There's the flow. Above all that you could ask or think. They're the holes in the bucket. His abundance is according to what I ask or think. It's my belief system. According to the power that's at work within us. That's the oil. In See, my asking and thinking unlocks the flow of oil. See, it's a supernatural flow. It's not my favor. It's releasing the favor of God in my life. And my belief system activates that flow of God in my life. And if the church got hold of this, we'd start borrowing buckets from somewhere, meeting new people, going to new places, memorizing the word day and night. We'd start increasing the way we think. Your problem is not God. 
Your problem is your belief system. It's not a problem with the seed. We're going to see in Mark 4, the same seed can bring 30 or 60 or 100 fold or nothing. It can be stolen by the enemy. It's not God. That seed has the inherent power of God. The word of God is living and active. It will change your life. It will build a new belief system in you. Are you getting this? It will cause you to see life totally different if you grab that word and integrate it into your world. You can't play with it. You can't give it a go. You've got to become obsessed with it. You've got to build a new belief system. Some of you have spent years worrying and full of fear and you've built a belief system and you think you're going to undo that by reading you know, a verse a day. Really? So in the kingdom of God, there's a functioning system. We talked a bit about this last week. We're going to continue on. You've got to understand Mark 4 because this is how the kingdom works in life. Get this right. Everything makes sense about the kingdom. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who should scatter seed on the ground. He would sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed would sprout and grow, but he doesn't know how. See, your job is to meditate on the word and build a belief system by means of what you see and what you say and what you meditate on. God's job is supernaturally to rebuild what's happening inside. You feed it, God grows it. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. So there's going to be stages to your belief system, but keep at it. Don't quit. Don't quit because you get assaulted the first week. Don't quit because you get attacked with worry and anxiety. Stick at it. Be courageous and be strong because it will change. Are you getting this? Verse 30, he said, What shall we like in the kingdom of God? What parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds of the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air would nest under its shade. And if you can understand those scriptures, you understand the kingdom. So here we go. What we said last week, you are the farmer, right? You're the farmer. Don't blame your mum and your dad. Don't blame the government. Don't blame your boss. You are the farmer. It's your job to get seed inside you. Don't blame your wife, your husband, your dog, your cat. It's you. You have to do it. Say this with me. I am responsible for my life. Well, there's a revelation. I've just probably solved half the counselling needs in all the world. But it's true. We've all got our story. We can all tell a story and have everyone cry. I'm the farmer. I can choose to have good thoughts. I can put the word of God in my heart. I choose that. God says, I choose to give you the choice. Blessing and curse, death and life. Pick. Oh, but I can't. You can. You can The demonized man with a legion of demons. A legion is 6,000. That's a lot of demons to carry. That's a bad day when you've got 6,000 demons inside you. And Jesus approached him and the demonized man fell at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him. I want to say to you, no matter how hard your life is and how bad and how traumatized, God has given you this incredible power within to choose life. He really has. 
And the enemy wants you to be a victim. He wants to say, nobody understands. You're the exception to the rule. I'm here to say you're not the exception to the rule. And that's good news. See, if, it's, if it wasn't up to you, then you'd have a problem. Because you've got no control over your life. If it's up to God, if it was up to everyone else, you're in trouble. But God's given you the power to bring the word into your life and bring change. I know some of you don't want to hear that. You want to stay in the old ways of thinking, but you don't have to. You don't have to. I was speaking to someone today. I know that. You don't have to stay the same. You can forgive. You can let go. You can choose to renew your mind. You can build a new belief system. But you don't know, Andrew, I'm 60 now. You can renew your mind at any age. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. A leopard can't change its spots. Well, sorry, I've never found those verses in the Bible. You're reading the wrong Bible. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. God is able to change you if you choose him. Amen. He's just looking for one step forward. We take one step, he takes a hundred. That's the way it works. But you've got to take a step. So you're the farmer. Then the scripture says there is a seed sown in that ground. And that's your job. You've got to take the word. You've got to place it inside you. Day and night. Day and night. There is no other way. You've got to commune with the Holy Ghost. Sunday is great. We come, we get encouraged. And they're wonderful things. But it's what you do from Monday to Saturday that really determines whether you're successful. My job is to give you tools. Your job is to take those tools and put them to work. Are you getting this? So we put the seed in our heart. And then the Bible talks about a field or a ground. And that is, what is so important is because people leave this part. And this part of the field is where we begin to meditate upon the word that's been placed inside us. We begin to see and use our imagination. We engage the seed that's in our heart. And this is where we actively fight against wrong belief systems because many belief systems are images that we have inside us. So we take the word and we begin to meditate on this word. We begin to see ourselves in that word. All of scripture was written for me to place myself inside of. Did you hear that? They're not just historical stories, but they're stories about me. I find myself in Peter, in John, in Jesus. It's me. It's for me. It's relevant now. And so I begin to meditate and I begin to see my future. We build a belief system. You know when people have got strong belief systems, you can feel it. It's like an invisible magnet. It attracts. Bad belief systems attract pain, poverty, cycles of defeat. Have you seen that? Not in your life, of course, but in other people you've seen tragedy over it. And a lot of times it's a belief system. They're attracting that by how they think. And then you see people that just seem everything goes right. It's like, it's not fair. God, what are you doing? They've discovered the power of a belief system that attracts favor. And it's in every area of your life. Finance, health, relationships. They've discovered that if they would meditate on the seed according to that area. So I told you, remember Peter. He has a revelation in 1 Peter of the healing power of Jesus on the cross. Do you remember that? 
He talks about how Jesus hung on a tree and by his stripes we are healed. He had built a belief system of divine healing. He was convinced of it. He attracted it. So we build a belief system, it says here, the field. And as we build that, a tree begins to grow outside us. So I want you to imagine inside you is a seed that's growing into a tree. You have a tree inside you. Trees are very important in the Bible because they represent belief systems. Jesus cursed a tree, didn't he? He cursed a wrong belief system. Trees represent beliefs. So a tree grows out from within you, and the Bible says it grows, it becomes bigger in the kingdom than any other tree. See, when you build a right belief system, it will overpower every belief system of the enemy. You're of God and you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. You have a belief system of fear. Now you begin to build a belief system of faith. And it will grow bigger than any other tree in the garden. And do you know what's exciting for me? Is it says that when that tree grows, it invites all the birds to come and nest in the tree. So Peter had a belief system of healing. So the Bible says that when he walked down the road... His shadow would heal people. The perimeter. So it's a picture. The birds nest in the trees, it says in Mark 4, in the shade of the trees. So it tells me that as that tree grows in my life, it casts a shade. It's a perimeter. And angels come and they live within that perimeter. And so wherever you go, you carry this tree and the angels go with you. Isn't that exciting? So if I have a conviction of divine healing... My shadow heals people. What does that mean? Literal shadow? Yes, but also it's a spiritual shadow. My perimeter draws people. Anyone who comes into my realm will be healed. If you spend more than a day with me, one of the things in my life is prosperity and breakthrough in finances. You'll come under that shadow. You'll get victory. Now, you've got trees as well. We can have good trees and bad trees because the Bible says that the farmer sowed seed and the enemy came and stole that seed. It's a picture of there were bad birds. And we know in in the Bible, in Noah, it talks about the raven and the dove. And birds are pictures of both angels and also a picture of demons. So if you build a wrong belief system, there's a tree growing up in you and you're inviting every demon in the neighborhood to come and nest in your life. And so we walk around and we are a living train wreck. And we think, what's going on? What, where, where's God's favor? The, the, you know what the problem is? It's your belief system. Cut the tree down. Get a spiritual chainsaw and cut it down and grow new seeds. Joshua 5.15, Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. So Joshua did. So Joshua was about to get a revelation of how God's going to help him possess the land. But he's going to have to leave some of that old thinking behind, the old belief systems. It says in verse 1 of chapter 6, Jericho was shut up securely. Some of the things that God has for your life, you cannot get in the physical. The enemy knows your possession and your inheritance, and he's taken precaution to stop you getting your inheritance. And I'm trying to help you today. If you don't do things by the realm of the Spirit, you won't get your inheritance. 
And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and all the mighty men of valor. I want you to notice the progression that Joshua is called to see, see, look into your future, and then I'm going to activate something and it'll be brought to you. And my premise is this, if you build a belief system, if you renew your image of your future, if you begin to see, and that's what a belief system is, it's a way of seeing, if you build that, God says, I will go into your future and my angels will fight on your behalf and they will bring your inheritance to you. So for Joshua to inherit Jericho, he had to see it first. Now, I know a lot of us don't read the scriptures this way, but God wasn't to say, see, I'm going to see that Jericho up there. I'm going to give that to you. Um, so get ready. I'm going to give it to you. He wasn't saying that at all. He's saying to Joshua, and I'm going to show you in other examples, he's saying, I want you to go away now, Joshua, and see in your belief system, in your imagination, that this Jericho that is, is unable to be reached in the natural I have given that to you. When you see it and believe it in your heart, I will release my angels and they will go and fight on your behalf and they will make the impossible possible. We have proof because they walked around Jericho seven times and they shouted and the walls came down. Now, I don't know about you, but when was the last time that you shouted in your house and the house fell down? No level of noise is going to bring down the walls of Jericho. We can huff and puff. But the walls aren't coming down. It was a supernatural act. They shouted and God released his angels and the angels brought the walls down. It happened in the spirit realm. Just because we can't see it with our eyes doesn't mean it's not happening. And what God's called you to do is something that's so way beyond what you can do in the natural. God has amazing plans. And for them to be fulfilled, you are going to have to engage with God, renew your mind, begin to see what he sees. So for me, one of the areas has been finances. I renew my mind according to the word. I see myself as prosperous. I begin to engage the word and I begin to see into the future what God is about to release as I see that. God releases his angels because I've built a tree where they can inhabit. They know Andrew McGrath over his head is blessing, prosperity. They can nest in that. See, because the angels obey the word of the Lord. They are looking for somewhere where somebody's got a belief system that agrees with the word of the Lord. And so as soon as they find a man or a woman that has conviction in their heart concerning the word and an image according to the image of God, they come in, they are attracted. And when that happens, they begin to move on our behalf. Are you getting this? See, Joshua, I have given you Jericho. See, Ephesians 4.17, and I know some people don't like this thought, but it tells us that the difference between the Gentiles and those of the faith is that the Gentiles, it says that their minds have been darkened. It says they are darkened in their understanding. And it's unfortunate that in some translations, it, it doesn't give the full context because that word understanding is imagination. It says they are darkened in their imagination and they are cut off from the life of God. You need to understand that as you cultivate the word in your heart and you begin to engage your imaginations, can I do that? 
Absolutely. Because that is the place of creation. Imagination creates. So Isaac is in the field and he is meditating and imagining God doing great things. And all of a sudden he begins to see his wife coming to him. You've got to actively engage your imagination and your mind to build a new belief system. Does anybody do this? Here we go. The extent of your vision is the boundary of your blessing. How far your vision can go will determine what you can possess. You can't have what you don't see in the kingdom. So he had to get Joshua to see before he possessed. Now listen to this. Go to Genesis 13. This is amazing. Genesis 13, 14. The Lord said to Abram after Lot separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, west, for all the land you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. And he goes on to say in verse 17, Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give you all the land. So Abraham moved his tent and he dwelt under a tree of memory, which means strength and fatness, which is in Hebron. I read this and I thought, I'm seeing something I've never seen before. God was not telling Abraham to see with natural eyes. He says, All the land which you see, and I've always pictured Abraham standing on a mountain, looking east, west, north, and south, and saying, okay, God, everything I can see with my... God says, okay, what you can see, you can have. Have you thought that too? He was looking with his natural eyes. See this land, Abraham? That's all yours. It couldn't have been that. Because Abraham saw the whole world. Because Romans 4 says that his heir... Of the whole world. So he got more than what he could see in the natural. He could only see his surroundings. Maybe what? 50 miles? 100? I don't know how far in the natural. But Abraham began to, he opened his eyes and he saw all of the world. What you can see you have. So Abraham said, okay, I'll see all the world. And he said to Abraham, now get up and walk through the land. And I read that I thought Abraham was incredibly disobedient. Because instead of walking through the land, he goes down the road and camps under a tree. Do you see this? He didn't walk through the land at all. He went and sat under a tree. What does it mean to walk through the land? It means to begin to imagine you going from the east, the west, the north, the south. It's got nothing to do with you walking. You take authority in your imagination. You begin to walk into your future. He says, walk through the land. And so he did that with his imagination. And then he went and sat under a tree. And the tree is a place where the angels come and abide. At the tree of Hebron. Hebron is known, is famous for David's third anointing, where he gets the fullness of the kingdom. So if I can see, I can have. If I can see, I can have. See, I've given you Jericho. See, lift up your eyes and look to the place, to the north, the south, the east, the west. God's saying to you, build a belief system. Get a new image. Begin to see success in your life. For what you see, you can have. Oh, that sounds like silliness to me. No, that's the way God works. Can you see this? Oh, I don't believe it. That's why you're not successful. Because you're getting what you see and you don't see much. You don't see 
Your life successful, your relationship successful, money coming in, favor, people getting saved, people getting healed. You've never seen it, so you can't have it. I've seen all you today. I've seen you during the week. What are you seeing? So Abraham walked through the land in his mind. Oh, that sounds like weird stuff to me. God made your mind. You have the mind of Christ. Oh, it sounds like mind over matter. Yeah, it is. Christ's mind over all that matters. It's called partnership. See, the promised land is partnership. It's saying, God, here's my mind. Come and invade it. And Ephesians says that as we engage our imaginations, what happens is Paul prays that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And I write about that in my first book, that it literally means the eyes of my imagination will take photo pictures. And what happens is as we imagine, all of a sudden God comes and gives us a photo of our future. We're imagining all of a sudden God comes in and begins to show us things that we never could see before. And the moment you do that with your belief system, angels begin to work. How many people believe in angels? A few. Well, everyone. And you need them. You need supernatural help. Get up and walk through this land, for I've given it to you. God said to Joshua, This book of the law you shall meditate on, day and night. Do you know that word meditate is an amazing word because it has three levels as we meditate on our future. And the Hebrew word for meditation literally means to mutter something, sorry, to ponder, to mutter under your breath, and to roar like a lion. To ponder something, so I begin to ponder my future. I can do all things. This is one of the scriptures I've been meditating on this week. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Because in the natural, I could think, I can't do that. I can't be in that group of people. Then I think, no, no, no. I've seen my future. I've seen myself influencing the very highest of society, the prime minister, this person, that person. I can do all things. I begin to ponder on it. We mutter on it. We begin to say, you know what, Andrew? If you're Andrew, you can do it. God believes in you. You can do all things because Christ lives in you. Then we can roar out like a lion. We can begin to declare that over our future. This is what meditation is. And we build a belief system within us. Say, I can do that. And as you do that, you build a tree in your life that invites all the angels. Joshua 5.13 says that when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted his eyes and he looked and there was a man who stood opposite him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua said, are you for us or for them? And he says, no, as the commander of the host of heaven, I have come. And I want you to know today that whenever you need to take new territory, you need angelic assistance. If you need a breakthrough in your family, in your marriage, in relationships, in your job, in your education, whatever it is, wherever you need a breakthrough, God comes as the host, the captain of the host of heaven. And these angels are attracted to your tree, to belief systems. And you need to understand if you have a belief system going into an exam that Christ is for me. I have the mind of Christ. You have given me the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Lord, when you anointed Daniel and his three friends, they, they fed on the diet that you gave them, Lord, and they were ten times smarter and brighter than 
any other person on the planet. I have the mind of Christ. And when you begin to build a belief system, angels of favor go before you. They bring breakthrough. They, they break resistance in your life. They open doors that no man can shut. They're a sign there for you. And you go, is this really true? Absolutely. I think of Peter in Acts chapter 12. He was in prison. And the church had been praying. They wanted to break through in their city. And who comes but an angel? And breaks open the doors and actually breaks back into the city. He goes through three different levels and brings him back into the city. For us to reach this city, church, we will need angelic assistance. We will need them fighting battles because the battle belongs to the Lord. There are strongholds in the realm of the spirit, over media, over education, over the business realm, over every sector of society. And we need... God's holy army to go before us. But for that to happen, we have to have a belief system that says this city belongs to Jesus and not a defeated system that says, you know what? Everything's just going to get worse. We may as well just give up and pray for the rapture. That belief system disempowers all of heaven. So God waits for a generation to die off that has a rapture mindset and he looks for a generation that says, you know what? God loves this city and he's going to rede he has redeemed this city at the cross. And now he's going to restore this city and all of this city will reflect heaven. That's what God's looking for. He says, when I come to earth, will I really find faith? Will I find people that are believing for more? He says, occupy till I come. And so we have a belief system that says, God, you really love this city and you want to father this city. So when he finds a people with a belief system that believes, you know what, we may be small, but we are many. Like the prophet that says to his servant, you can't see now, but if you look in the spirit realm, there are angels, there are angelic beings all around us. More for us than they're against us. We begin to see with eyes of faith. God opens up opportunity, favor. There are angels of favor, of breakthrough, angels that bring assistance, that bring provision. And it all comes from a mindset. And we say, you know what? God, would you please move? Oh, God. Terry meetings asking God to move. And he says, I'd like to move. But I can't send my angels to those sorts of trees. They heed my word. and you're, I don't know what you're believing, but it's not my word. You're, you've disempowered me. You, you, you've said that greater is he that's in the city than he that's in heaven. You pray heaven come, but I can't. Because those trees my birds can't live in. Yeah. We change our belief system. We invite all of heaven. It's that simple. Yeah. So these angels, they, they help us to possess cities. And then I thought about angels... They're angels of protection and power and might. And as I build a belief system, it invites all of the angelic hosts. Get this. When Jesus is about to be crucified, he says, don't you know that I could call 12 legions of angels? Now, a legion is, they say, at least 6,000. He said, I could call 72,000 angels. More than, he says. Now, this is interesting. Isaiah 37 tells us that one angel killed, I think it is 185,000 people in a day. Yeah. It's not bad work. So one legion of angels could kill, if this interests you, over a billion people in a day. And 12 legions of angels could kill more than twice the number of people on the planet. 
And Jesus said, I have that at my disposal. But that was Jesus. He came to be an example of who we are. Not so that we go, oh, that was Jesus, so amazing. And he is amazing. But so are you, because he lives in you. He came to restore you back to the image of a true son. And all of creation long for the revealing of the sons of God. And if we have a belief system that is aware of the angelic realm, they begin to nest. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him. We build a belief system for it. And many, many times they will come and surround you and protect you. They'll bring breakthrough in cities. They'll protect you. But lastly, I want to say that as we build a belief system, they'll bring incredible provision. Turn with me lastly to Malachi 3. You've read this verse, these verses probably many times. You've heard people preach on this. But look at it with new eyes today as we finish. Malachi 3.10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Did you know that Jericho was a tithe? That as they went into the promised land, God said, don't touch anything in Jericho. All the silver, all the gold, it's mine. Just as a matter of thought. The, the tree in the garden was a tithe. It was God's. You can tend it, look after it, but it's mine. He says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. There will be food in my house. And test me now on this, says the Lord of... Who's the Lord of hosts? He's the captain of the angel army. He says, you know what? You get your right belief system in place. You look to me as the supplier, as the head over your finances. You get a revelation of why I call you the tithe. Not because I need your money, but because if you place me as Lord, I'll release my angels. You, you keep me as the center of focus. Not riches, not wealth, but me. You make me Lord, I'll do something supernatural in your life. And test me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, there will be not room enough to con- receive it. How many people would like a blessing like that? And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, that's warfare. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That's the enemy coming after you. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. People are going to single you out and say, there's something about the favor of God on your life. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Three times. I looked at it and I thought, 30, 60, and 100-fold living. It's all there. That if we would build a belief system, whatever it is in our life, we will activate the angel army in our life. And they will war on our behalf. They will break depression. How do they break depression? They fight against the demons that bring you negative thoughts. You begin to build a belief system and they begin to war on your behalf. Some of you are troubled and you are filled with anxiety. I can feel it right now. There are, there are people who have come today with thoughts that are plaguing their mind. And God desperately wants to fight on your behalf. And the last thing the enemy wants you to do is to begin to meditate on the word and declare it and to mutter it and to roar it out and to build a belief system. See, I have a theory with the devil. You can either cast him out or starve him out. And he cast him out, and the Bible says he'll come back and he'll look at your house. And if it's swept empty, and you haven't built a belief system, he'll come back seven times stronger. Then we have to cast out seven of them. But if you occupy the house with a new belief system, he's got nowhere to put his filthy mitts. 
So I'm saying to you today, if you're plagued with anxiety and trouble and negativity, God wants to send his angels to war on your behalf. And I tell you what, if you build a belief system, those angels, I want you to picture like birds in a tree, if you will. When other birds come in to that tree, they will be forced back out. They will war on your behalf. Because a lot of stuff that's going on around you is, we don't recognize it, but it's, we're not people of the flesh, but people of the spirit. There's a lot of activity that goes on around us. Now, we don't always have to be conscious of this, but we need to be aware that, that we don't fight flesh and blood. So a lot of the stuff that's coming against you, it's spiritual activity. There's stuff going. It's not just, oh, it comes from anywhere. It comes from left field. No, it's demonic in its origin. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's come to take you down, to cut your, your, your favor, your inheritance, but God's come to give you life. And he does that by bringing his word to you so you would build a belief system that all the angels of heaven could come and fill. So when I look at my tree, it's full of birds. Is yours? And when the enemy comes, he's pushed out. He's pushed out. So, Father, this day, we choose, like Joshua, to build a belief system according to your word. We thank you for that this day, Lord. And I break in the name of Jesus every belief system that's not of you, Lord, for the Weapons of our warfare are not fleshly weapons, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of every stronghold. Every argument, every high thought that exalts itself against your knowledge. We just take authority over now and we say, Father, by your strength, we choose to build right belief systems. Root out every belief system that's not you, Lord. Wherever we've empowered the enemy by negativity and wrong thinking, we repent of that. We thank you, Father, that you by your spirit can root out fear, shame, condemnation, doubt, unbelief, unforgiveness, all the things that fester in our life and they spring up and they contain our future. So I ask, Father, right now in your name that you would begin to uproot everything that would defile us and let faith come today, Lord. I believe in your word. It's full of life. It will change me on the inside. It will cause me to see myself and all of my world differently. We honor your word today. And as it's engrafted into us, a tree of righteousness begins to grow. And all of heaven is attracted to us. I want you to see that over your life right now. If you would just imagine a seed, a word from God over any area that you need coming into your heart. And as you meditate on it and cultivate it, speak over it, there's a tree growing. It's called a tree of righteousness. It's right thinking, right standing. And as that tree grows, heaven's attracted to that. And all of a sudden, things are shifting in your world. Because the Bible says that it grows automatically and we don't know how. We go to sleep, we wake up. Something seems to have changed. We perceive that things are different now. I'm thinking different. I'm feeling different. Things are different around me. I'm not attracting negativity in my life, but I'm attracting favor, right people. I thank you for that, Lord. And we see that over our lives this day. 
We thank you for that, Lord. You've come to bless us and to prosper us because you love us. And just while every eye is closed, I I would want to give people an opportunity. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, the first thing you need to do today is asking him. He loves you. And the greatest seed that you can have is called the seed of eternal life. It's the nature of Jesus within you. It's the forgiveness of your sin, of your independent living, and it's the embracing of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Kerry spoke today in worship about that that hole that's cross-shaped. It's the hole that only Jesus can fill. Nobody can satisfy you but Jesus. Whatever it is that you've been searching for, it's only found in one, Jesus. His name is above every name. He's the answer to the cry of your heart. And he says, all that call on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. I'll come in and make my home in their heart. And he'll begin to transform you like I've been talking today from the inside out. He'll help you build new belief systems. And if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, you can do that today. And all you need to do is to raise your hand and say, yes, Andrew, I'd like to do it. I'll pray for you where you sit. This is about you and Jesus. And if you want to do that, just quickly raise your hand. If you feel a stirring in your heart, that's Jesus. He's real and he loves you. And I won't embarrass you, but I just want to pray for you. If you've never done it, just quickly raise your hand. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to connect with Jesus. If you feel that stirring, why don't you put your hand up? I'd love to pray for you today. Is there anybody here? You can do that when you go home, you know. You could say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make yourself known to me. And the moment you do that, he'll come in and you'll sense that everything has changed because his life is now coming to you. So I thank you for this day, Father. I thank you that mindsets are being shifted and renewed favors being released over people's lives. I thank you that you're breaking old mindsets and belief systems. I just feel there's belief systems of shame and unworthiness that God just wants to so root out. Do that, Lord. Make all things new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I felt just as I was preparing for this message that God wanted me just to pray for some people. We're going to close the service in a minute, but if you particularly want prayer for breakthrough of your belief system, I'm going to be up the front with the prayer team. I'd love to lay hands and pray for you and just ask that the Holy Spirit would do a deep work today.